And then you do your left arm. Okay. It's not a TSA checkpoint or the entrance to a high security area. Enter the phone number link to that Amazon account. It's grocery shopping at Whole Foods, five years after it was bought by Amazon for $13.7 billion. This palm-scanning payment option is one big change the tech giant has brought to Whole Foods. It's already in 20 stores, and it's rolling out to 65 more soon. In two Whole Foods, you can skip checkout altogether, thanks to a series of cameras and scales that watch your every move. When you start using biometrics for payment, like people rightly so are concerned about that and how those biometrics are being used. Under Amazon, prices across the board have dropped some, and the number of locally sourced products has gone up by 30%. Aisles are scattered with signs for weekly Prime member deals and shoppers fulfilling online orders. Amazon packages can now be picked up or returned in-store. 60 new Whole Foods have opened in the last five years, while six locations were recently closed. And there's a new incoming CEO. Yet Whole Foods still controls just over 1% of the grocery market, compared to Walmart's 19% and Kroger's 9%. Grocery is one of the biggest challenges they've undertaken. I personally will be surprised if Amazon is ever the largest grocer in America. Here's a look at all the ways Whole Foods has changed since Amazon bought it in 2017 and whether the deal was worth it. It all started in Austin in 1978 when college dropout John Mackey and his then girlfriend opened a small natural food store called Saferway. They added a new location and the Whole Foods name in 1980. When the worst flooding Austin had seen in 70 years wiped out the store's inventory, the community rallied to help it bounce back and it added new locations by 1984. It spent much of the 90s acquiring other natural food chains and expanded internationally in the 2000s. Whole Foods now has 100,000 employees across 512 stores in the U.S., 14 in Canada, and 7 in the U.K. Whole Foods was a niche grocer and really catered to a highly affluent grocery shopper that probably had much better overlap with Amazon Prime members and Amazon customers in that era than did a traditional grocer. Whole Foods is largely credited with taking natural and organic foods from niche to mass market, but it's no longer the only one doing it. Other chains started carrying specialty products, often at lower prices. Stiff competition meant that by 2017, investors were pressuring Whole Foods to sell or change the business model. They were actually closing stores and cutting costs, and Amazon loves a deal. So in June 2017, Whole Foods accepted Amazon's $13.7 billion offer. If you are in grocery, you are on top of mind for the consumer every week. So grocery is a must-win battlefront for them. After the deal closed five years ago on August 28th, Whole Foods started making inroads with new customers by offering speedy, free deliveries through Prime Now. It added one-hour grocery pickup at all U.S. locations by October 2020. But the two companies didn't align on every strategy right away. Amazon's known for low prices and Whole Foods is known for whole paycheck. So it was anything but low prices. And so how do you sort of um, reconcile with that? Guru Hariharan spent six years at Amazon before running e-commerce management platform Commerce IQ. He says that Whole Foods' own 365 brand, what's known as a private label, has helped it cut costs. What Amazon has been slowly starting to do is replace a lot of the purchases in Whole Foods with this private label brands, and that has allowed them to bring prices down. However, from a national brand's perspective, those prices have not necessarily gone down. If anything, because of the quantitative easing and the inflation, they've actually gone up in the recent 12 months. And with soaring inflation, customers are especially likely to shop based on value, not something typically synonymous with a store nicknamed Whole Paycheck that once gained infamy for selling $6 asparagus-infused water. 
An Amazon spokesperson told CNBC in a statement that its goal in the acquisition was to make high-quality organic foods more affordable and accessible for everyone, and that it since lowered prices across aisles at Whole Foods Market, offered Prime membership discounts and Prime member deals in stores. On the flip side of enticing customers with good deals, Amazon also started focusing on selling products that bring in bigger profits, something that's especially difficult in grocery. You sell a lot of dollar bananas that you pay 99 cents for, so you have to be really efficient to make money, and the vast majority or a good chunk of the things you sell are perishable, so it's really the hardest category of retail for the lowest amount of profit. But selling private label goods offers more control and higher profit margins because it cuts out the middleman. In 2020, Amazon gave Whole Foods 365 private label a brand refresh, and in 2021 added 300 new products. There are now 2,200 products with the 365 label on Whole Foods shelves. That takes a level of investment that probably Whole Foods could not afford or take bets on, but now they can. The boost to 365 is no surprise under Amazon, which has at least 111 private label brands, like Amazon Basics and Salimo for household goods, and Amazon Essentials for clothes. Amazon's also been accused of using its data prowess to give its in-house products an unfair advantage. Let me ask you, Mr. Bezos, does Amazon ever access and use third-party seller data when making business decisions? And just a yes or no will suffice, sir. Uh, I can't answer that question, yes or no. What I can tell you is we have a policy against using seller-specific data uh, to aid our private label business. Another way Amazon has cut Whole Foods costs is by centralizing some operations, moving them from individual stores to its Austin headquarters. This means stores have lost some individual touches, like hand-drawn chalkboard signs or storytelling for children, but it has not become a conventional supermarket like some predicted. Despite streamlined operations, Whole Foods says small regional suppliers have not been swapped out for bigger contracts, and that it's added 3,000 local brands in the past five years, a 30% increase since before Amazon took over. Each region has teams of full-time foragers who look for new local products. Whole Foods says the model gives flexibility for different merchandise to be carried in different stores, so smaller brands can remain within a few stores rather than supply products company-wide. And Amazon's massive amount of data now helps optimize what brands are sold in what stores. Going into a Cupertino store is a very different experience uh, versus walking into a Los Altos or a Los Gatos store in the same California, like Northern California region. And they're probably doing a better job because of the personalization algorithms. Since the 2017 Amazon deal, Whole Foods has more than doubled its list of banned food ingredients, bringing the total to more than 250. It prohibits things like hydrogenated fats, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial sweeteners, and meat must be free of antibiotics and added hormones. Also since the acquisition, Whole Foods has enhanced the standards for canned tuna, eggs, and chicken, and in 2019, it minimized plastics with new types of produce bags, rotisserie chicken containers, and straws. There's also a new accelerator program for local producers to earn a spot on the shelves of their local stores, and certified training programs to turn hundreds of whole food workers into accredited cheesemongers and butchers. While some of the hot food bars, free samples, and specialty chef counters went away during the pandemic, Whole Foods says they're back. The associates in, in Whole Foods are probably the most helpful comparing to your other grocery chains. That's not changed at all. However, what has changed is that ability to scale. Now, they have a huge bank balance and a balance sheet behind their ability to scale. And we are seeing a lot more experiments that they're taking. The most visible of these experiments is the rollout of convenience-boosting tech, from the palm-scanning Amazon One to the hundreds of cameras and sensors that allow checkout-free just-walk-out shopping. Waiting in a grocery line, how do you take that bottleneck out of a shopper's experience? Well, that's a 
very hard problem to solve. But guess what? Amazon has solved a lot of these hard problems through uh, technology. And Amazon isn't the only one that's doing checkout-free shopping. Good. JD Falcao runs the tech at iFi. It's a competitor to Amazon's Just Walk Out system, and it's operating in 84 stores so far. Now, every camera is following me and tracking me throughout the store um, and knows that I'm close to objects or how I interact with them. iFi has eliminated checkout at Aldi's in Europe, concession stands at the Detroit Lions Stadium, 50 of Poland's largest convenience stores, and gas station mini-marts like this one. If I'm here and I reach for the yogurt, you can see that it highlights that I'm interacting with that area. And it gets darker and darker, the more confident it is that I'm interacting with that object. iFi keeps costs down by only using cameras. There are 109 cameras in this 1,600-square-foot store in Union City, California, while Amazon also relies on additional hardware like weighted shelves. The question is, is it affordable? And do the unique economics work? And once you pass that barrier, the question is, are customers going to adopt this? Are they willing to go into a store that has this many cameras? And are they willing to download an app? Falcao says it hasn't phased shoppers in stores with iFi's autonomous shopping systems. You'd buy more products because you never look at your wallet. We've seen 20% basket increases over when the store has been running for a while. We also see that you have clients come in and then they stick, it's a sticky technology, they like it, so they come back. Uh, and as I walk out, it will immediately me, tell me that my transaction is done and will send me a receipt. Back at Whole Foods, Amazon's Just Walk Out tech is only available at two stores for now, one in LA and one in DC. Amazon wouldn't give us an official tour, so I tried it out on my own. Hundreds of cameras watched my every move while I picked up produce and baked goods. An associate told me almost everything was also being weighed by hidden scales that could identify the moment a bag of potato chips left the shelf. I exited smoothly through the Just Walk Out turnstiles pane with my palm, but because I'd left the highly monitored part of the store briefly, I accidentally got mischarged. The first version of any of these things, that kind of day one experience as Amazon likes to call it, are always gonna be imperfect and you know has the potential to put customers off if it's really bad enough. The new tech has also raised data and privacy concerns. Amazon says any sensitive data is treated in accordance with its long-standing policies, like only sharing aggregate, anonymized insights with brands. Amazon has monetized that data. They, they anonymize it, and they now sell it back to CPG brands to teach them how people are shopping their categories. Privacy concerns have been mounting because Amazon already collects data from millions of online shoppers, from Alexa devices, Ring doorbell cameras, and soon room mapping robot vacuums. It's very rare that a grocer also has this incredible you know, digital technology offerings that can help it get through more difficult periods. And I think there is a feeling that with their technology expertise, they can identify elements of scale and profit maximization that maybe others can't. Amazon is also selling the palm scanning tech to outsiders. But in March, one customer, Red Rocks Amphitheater in Denver, backed out of the deal after activist groups and musicians like Rage Against the Machine voiced concerns that Amazon would share palm prints with government agencies. Amazon has another experiment in removing the checkout bottleneck that doesn't use biometrics. The dash cart tracks and tallies items as shoppers place them in the cart, although it's currently limited to a small amount of groceries and can't go out to the parking lot to be unloaded. The dash cart is coming to its first Whole Foods in Westford, Massachusetts soon. 
Amazon's push to expedite the grocery shopping experience isn't limited to in-store. Whole Foods told CNBC it delivered three times as many online orders in 2020 as it did in 2019. And the more stores it has in close proximity to customers, the faster and more affordably it can get those online grocery orders delivered. Whole Foods says its 533 global stores can now serve more than 170 million customers. Orders are shifting online, but they're generally not profitable. So every grocer in America is interested in digital grocery. They're trying to capture that digital grocery customer, but they're also trying to figure out how to make it more profitable. But for those shopping in stores, there's a flip side to this focus on online orders. Competing with professional shoppers like is, is moving up on the frustration scale for many, many consumers. And that's part of the reason that some retailers have experimented with either dark stores or fulfillment centers versus fulfilling out of live stores is to, to mitigate that negative customer experience. Whole Foods has one of these dark stores in Brooklyn. It's closed to customers and is completely dedicated to preparing delivery orders. Goldberg says Walmart, Albertsons, and Kroger are experimenting with automated versions of these, too. They have a lot of new operating costs and challenges, but when they work well, they have the potential to cut 90% off of the, the labor costs of picking that order. Instacart used to have an exclusive deal to fill Whole Foods online orders, but that came to an end the year after Amazon took over. Now Amazon has transitioned the majority of those gig workers into official Whole Foods employees. Another set of employees is in charge of a desk in many Whole Foods where Amazon.com customers can pick up packages and drop off returns, often without a box. More traditional Whole Foods roles also changed with Amazon. A year after the purchase, a group of Whole Foods workers emailed thousands of fellow workers with a list of grievances stemming from Amazon's takeover, including the removal of some stock options and constantly being asked to do more with less resources and now with less compensation. Some workers tried to unionize under the large retail, wholesale, and department store union, but those efforts have stalled. Whether the acquisition has been a plus for Whole Foods business is hard to answer definitively because Amazon rolls its sales data into a broad physical stores category, alongside its 60 Amazon Fresh grocery stores, an Amazon-style clothing store, and 25 smaller Amazon Go stores. But Whole Foods has by far the biggest number of stores, and Q2 earnings saw physical store sales rebound, growing 12% year over year. Ethan Chernofsky analyzes consumer trends at Placer AI based on aggregate location data from 30 million devices. He's found the number of visits people make to Whole Foods is bouncing back slowly from the pandemic dip, hovering at about the same level as July 2017 before Amazon took over. Since the start of the pandemic, Whole Foods was one of the harder hit groceries and its recovery trend has been less strong than others. Q1 earnings this year showed Amazon's first quarterly revenue loss in seven years. Days later, it announced the closure of six Whole Foods. Then in Q2, Amazon saw better than expected revenue. In April, Amazon announced the shutdown of 68 non-food-focused retail locations, narrowing its brick-and-mortar game to focus more on grocery. It closed down all Amazon Books, Four Star, and Pop-Up Shops. Since then, it's opened seven new Amazon Fresh stores, a more mainstream grocer with 41 stores in the US and 19 in the UK. You have the potential for this three-pronged approach to attack grocery, which is Amazon Go as this perfect, urban, quick in and out opportunity. Then Amazon Fresh as convenience, value oriented, going into the suburbs and in some urban areas as well, but this widespread Amazon play. And then the potential to allow Whole Foods to be what it was before. And I think that mix could be incredibly potent. 
Still, Amazon's physical stores have lagged compared to its overall retail business, reporting lower sales in 2021 than 2018. One possible explanation for some of that shrinkage is a lot more people learned how to order groceries online from Whole Foods. And when they did that, Amazon.com got credit for the sale and Amazon's physical stores lost credit for the sales. Meanwhile, Whole Foods told CNBC it's got 50 new stores in the works for fast-growing regions. And with the September 1st departure of co-founder John Mackey, Whole Foods is losing the only CEO it's had in its 44-year history. It's really impressive that John stayed around in a leadership position as long as he did. It surprised me. The colorful, polarizing Mackey is being replaced by current COO Jason Beekle as Whole Foods enters uncharted territory and the second half of a decade under the watchful eye of Amazon. I think some of these elements are going to be very successful. I think others are not going to be. But I think the one thing we know about Amazon is they're going to learn and learn quickly and we're going to see a very decisive company in the way they interact with the grocery space. 